Then this week, when everybody is gathering to say thanks, I just, this is my 26th Thanksgiving message, our Thanksgiving series here at Woodland Church. That's a lot of messages on Thanksgiving. And so I asked the Lord, I said, God, what can I say? What, what's a little, how can I come at this at a different angle after so many years of talking about Thanksgiving? And there's an old French proverb by Jean-Baptiste Massou who said this, that Thanksgiving is a memory of the heart. Thanksgiving is a memory of the heart. And as I've meditated on that through the years, I find that to be true because we have this little tradition that maybe you have. Some people tell me they dread this. I actually look forward to it. But uh, before we eat at our table, Becky passes around a little bowl and everybody has to drop a grain of corn in there and give thanks before we can eat. So I go to everybody ahead of time. Don't sit there trying to think of something. I'm hungry. I want you to think of it before you get to the table. How many of you know what I'm talking about right there? You're waiting on that one person who's going, uh, uh, uh. You think ahead of time because Thanksgiving, it really is a memory of the heart. And there are all kinds of books and podcasts. I went on to Amazon this week and just typed in the words gratitude, thanks, Thanksgiving. I did that on uh, Apple Podcasts. I went to Spotify as well. There are all kinds of podcasts and books that will tell you the benefits of being thankful. Now that if you're thankful, you're going to be healthier emotionally, physically, relationally. There are podcasts that are going to tell you that if you're thankful, somehow or another, the universe is going to begin to pour blessings into your life. And as I looked at all of those, I thought, well, that's a little bit taking Thanksgiving and using it as a way to get more stuff. It's not really expressing gratitude and Thanksgiving. It's thinking, well, if I can say thanks or do something thankful, then maybe my life will be improved and my life will be better. That's not really the theme of what blessing and Thanksgiving is all about. You see, Thanksgiving really is about God. It really is about faith. It's about family. It's about friends. It's about our community. It's about the church. But then there's this toxicity in our culture that you're aware of and I'm aware of that is actually pulling us apart because although, according to the Pew Research Foundation and the Public Religion Research Institute, tells us that Americans, 74% of Americans actually feel thankful, actually feel very thankful within. How many of you would say, Pastor, I feel thankful today. Could I see your hand? And if you're watching online, let us know as well that you feel thankful. Individually, we feel thankful, but communally as a nation and as a country, and even in our own community, I'm finding this true through a survey that I'm helping to participate in, is that communally we don't feel thankful because of this toxicity that is pulling us apart as a nation, pulling us apart as communities, because we're all worried that somehow someone is going to get more than what we've got, and by their getting more than what we've got, it's reducing the availability of goods and services, and we're going to suffer because other people are getting more than us. And I looked at that report on the toxicity of our culture, and I realized that is the type of immaturity that we try to train our children not to demonstrate. You know how when you're a child, you're trying to grab the most for yourself or the, the most food. Communally, when we fail to recognize our blessings, 
we're bringing about the own, our own dystopian future that people often write about and make movies about. So I want you to imagine with me this morning that there is myself as an individual, yourself as an individual, and then there is this gap that exists between you, myself, if we think of ourselves as individuals, there's this thankfulness gap that exists between us and our community, our nation, and in some churches that I've had to go in and help in times past that even exist in churches and sometimes even exist in families. And I just want to refer to that as a thanksgiving gap. How is it that 74% of us can feel thankful for our personal blessings and then not be grateful for our blessings of family, our blessings of friends, our blessing of our church, our blessings of the communities and neighborhoods that we get to live in. I want to talk about the how, the why, and the whom this week when it comes to Thanksgiving. As children, we, you and I were taught to write thank you cards when people gave us gifts or when people did something kind to us. And we wrote our grandmothers, we wrote our aunts and uncles, we wrote teachers. We wrote them little thank you cards. A man said to me here one Sunday morning as I was coming into the sanctuary, he was waiting on me, and he says, Pastor, I got your, thanks, your thank you card, and he says, I want you to know, he's in his 60s, a little younger than I am. He says, it's the first thank you card I've ever received in my life. And that just kind of blew me away that here was a man that had lived six decades of life, and nobody had ever thanked him for some of the good things that he had done. We thank Him for our daily bread. We thank Him for miracles that take place in our life. And many of you in here, you've told me about a miracle that has happened in your life. And earlier this month, there was a couple in our church, John and Belinda, that experienced a miracle themselves. They were coming home, and they saw their neighbor's house on fire. And at first, they thought it was just a wood fire. They were burning wood. But then they realized the entire house was on fire, and they rushed over to the house. And, and, and lovingly and bravely, they went into a burning house. The house was on fire. The room next to them where they went in was on fire, and they were calling out the names. The wife had already gotten outside. The husband was, tr was downstairs, and when they finally got him upstairs, he didn't realize his house was on fire. He wouldn't leave. He was trying to put out the fire. And John's a strong man. John owns a landscaping business, and John is physically trying to get him out of the fire and get him out of the house, and John can't budge him. And, and, and Belinda just calls out to the Lord in prayer for help. And when she does, this man suddenly appears in the house, picks up their neighbor, physically carries him out of the house, walks a few steps away, and totally disappears. That, my friend, was a miracle. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise for that? That just blows me away. Linda says, I was looking at him, and he just walked away. There are angels that are at work in our behalf today. And earlier this week, I had the opportunity to talk and to pray with someone and just to say to them, the Bible says that there are unseen beings in our world that mean us good. We call them angels. There are unseen beings in our world that mean us evil. We call those demons. And when we call upon the Lord, God sometimes does these dramatic stories like he did for John and Belinda. We're thankful for miracles. We're thankful for our daily bread but there needs to be this aspect of our life where we're developing 
a communal, a church, a family awareness of the goodness of God. Can you say amen? Warren Wiersbe, who's a pastor, or was a pastor, he's now in heaven, but he wrote these words, and they'll be up on the screen. Follow along with me. Some people are appreciative by nature, but some are not. We all know those people that they're just thankful by nature, and other people, they just never seem to express their thanks. And it's these latter people, the ones who are not thankful, who especially need God's power to express thanksgiving. And I want you to know that power is available if you find yourself taking your wife or your husband or your employer or your employees or your neighbor or your friends for granted. The Holy Spirit will help you this morning if you will reach out to Him to give thanks. We should remember that every good gift comes from God and that He is, as the theologians put it, the source, support, and end of all things. The very breath in our mouths is the free gift of God. Thankfulness is the opposite of selfishness. The selfish person says, I deserve what comes to me, and other people ought to make me happy. But the mature Christian realizes that, that life is a gift from God, and that the blessings of life come only from His bountiful hand. The air we breathe, the life we live, the food we have, even being here today, it's all a gift of God. Would you stand with me out of respect and reverence for the word of the Lord? And I'd like you to read it with me. I haven't preached this psalm in a long time, and I am looking so forward to breaking it down for you this morning. Psalms 100. Let's read it with feeling this morning. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And everybody that believes that said, amen. Let's pray. Father, in the next few minutes, I ask you to do that miracle, that work of grace in our hearts. And Lord, leads us into deeper fellowship with you, but also brings us to a place, oh God, of expressing and giving thanks daily, not only to you, but to the gifts of those people around us that you have placed in our lives. For it's in Christ's name I ask, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I sat down years ago, and I decided I wanted to write my own definition for thanks, for gratitude. And I found that to be a really complicated thing to do. I could think of all kinds of things that I was thankful for, but to actually define the word. And I would challenge you in your journaling this week, or encourage you in your journaling, just try to define what gratitude is. Define what thankfulness is. And just meditate on what does that word mean. It's okay. Look up Merriam-Webster. Look up in any other dictionary you want to. But make it personal. What does the word thankfulness mean if you had to explain it to it, someone? It was easier for me to come to Psalms 100 and see, rather than trying to define it, how do I express it? And the first thing is, I need to come with the right attitude. 
And that's what Psalms 100 is all about. It's, it's doing an attitude check on us. It's doing an attitude correction on us. It's, it's a part of what we call Thanksgiving Psalms. But it's the only psalm, you might want to write this down in the margin of your notes, it's the only psalm in the Bible that has its title as a Thanksgiving Psalm. That's the reason it's such a beloved psalm, is because it is a psalm that shows us how to give thanks. Because it answers the question of call and how, that you and I are called to give thanks, but it also answers the question of how we give thanks. And a simple one-word answer will suffice for this morning. We're called to give thanks with gladness in our hearts. I was glad when they said to me, let us come to the house of the Lord. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is a joy to sing unto the Lord. It's a good thing to sing and magnify his name. It's a joy to gather with God's people. So all of this service has been worship service as we have sang to him, as we have received the Lord's Supper together today and given thanks for his broken body, his, his shed blood, as we've thanked him for Calvary and for the resurrection. We've, we've greeted and loved one another. We've given our tithes and offerings, but we've done it with gladness for God loves a cheerful giver of singing, a cheerful giver of worship, a cheerful giver of fellowship, a cheerful giver of praise, and a cheerful giver of our attention as we listen to the word of the Lord. Psalms 101, 2 again says, make a joyful shout to the Lord all you lands. For those of you that maybe, just hold that verse up on the screen for a moment. For those of you that come from quieter traditions and quieter families, you might wish this just said, come with joy in your heart. But the Hebrew literally is, come with a joyful shout. I mean, it means to holler. When I'm watching football, it just naturally comes to me to holler. How many of you know what that word holler means, okay? It's not a shout. It's a scream. It's a joyful thing. There was a lot of joy in my house yesterday as Georgia played Tennessee. There was a lot of joy perhaps in your house as Michigan defeated Maryland yesterday. You see, we understand, but somehow or another when we come into church, we go, oh, it needs to be reverent. Well, according to the word right here, to shout our thanksgiving to the Lord, that's an expression of joyful worship. So could we just shout praise the Lord? Could we just, just for a moment, just let our hair down, let our guard down, and could we shout praise the Lord? Let's, let's do that together on the count of three. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. You can do better than that, okay? One more time. Don't worry, nobody else is seeing this. Well, you are online, so you should shout too. On the count of three, one, two, three. Praise the Lord! Oh, that's music to the Lord's ears. Because that's how you and I are invited to come into his presence. Serve him with gladness and come before his presence with singing. And you might ask, why does the Lord say that? Well, it's our identity. That's why he says this is because we're recognizing and acknowledging who we are. Look at verse 3 with me. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. 
When you know God, you know who you are. If you don't know God, you will never know who you are. The more you know about God and the better you know God, the better you'll understand yourself. You were created in the image of God. And there is absolutely no proof, there is absolutely no fact that demonstrates that you and I evolved from some sort of lower form of life. You were created in the image of God, shaped by His hands, and then God breathed into your life, His life. You became a living soul. That is who human beings are today. We belong to the Lord. Can we give Him a hand? A praise for that this morning. It's our identity. But then also with the call, there comes a how. How do we do this? With praise and with thanksgiving. Look at verse 4 with me this morning. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. What is praise? Praise is when we tell someone something good that they've done. You know, if you look at your wife or your daughter and you say, you are beautiful, God's responsible for that beauty. But if you look at your wife or your daughter and say, thank you for how you encourage me. Thank you for how you serve our family. Honey, thank you for how you help make our home a better place to live in. When you do that, you're praising them. And when we praise God, we are giving God thanks and praise for all the goodness that he has brought into our lives. You see, this toxic culture that we live in today, this toxicity, it can be defeated by giving thanks, giving thanks that we live in a country that we live in, giving thanks for the natural resources that are available in this country, giving thanks for the freedoms and the liberties that we enjoy in this nation, the opportunities that are afforded to us. I don't see people trying to get into China or trying to get into Russia or Iran. People want to come to the United States, and no matter how bad so many politicians try to tell us our nation is, I'm still thankful to be an American citizen today. Can you say amen to that? And if I was a Canadian, I'd say I'm thankful to be a Canadian or to be a Brit. The thing is, we have a lot to be grateful for, for the civilization that Christianity helped to foster. John Henry Jowett said this word, gratitude is a vaccine and an antitoxin and an antiseptic. And what our culture needs more is less complaining and more thankfulness for the blessings that God has bestowed upon us. And you say, well, pastor, why would we do that? Well, it's real simple, because God is good. God is good, and all the time, God is good, no matter what is happening in our life. Do you remember last week, we talked about the bennies? Remember, we talked about the benefactor, we talked about the benefits, we talked about the beneficiary, and we talked about the benediction. We looked at four bennies last week that God brought into our life. You see, the benefits, God's gifts, this is important to understand, and I think people miss this so often. The benefits existed before we existed. God took those six creative days and he created this beautiful planet. Imagine that first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, the Spirit of God was hovering over the void, the chaos, the darkness. 
imagined the beauty and the glory and the whole. Think of everything beautiful about God that you can imagine. And there the glorious beauty and majesty and splendor of the Holy Spirit was hovering over the chaotic void that existed. And suddenly God began to speak and the gift of light and the gift of air and the gift of soil and the gift of vegetation and animals. It all began to appear and all the minerals beneath the soil that God has blessed us long before God created us, God created the benefits or the gifts that we would get to enjoy in this life. And then God placed man in a garden called Eden somewhere that we believe was in Mesopotamia. But God placed them there and says, you can enjoy all of this with the exception of this one tree. And so with all these gifts around them, they did so often what the cows would do on our family farm back home. There would be this beautiful, lush, green pasture they were grazing in, and they would go stick their foolish heads through the fence to try to get weeds out of a ditch. And you would go, you stupid cow. You foolish, because then we'd have to get their heads out of the mess that they had made. And friends, we are surrounded by the benefits. I just listed a few in... The universe that God created. Do you know that even the church gave us that word universe? Theology gave us that word universe. Before that, people really did believe in multiverses. People really did believe in other cosmoses. But we were given the gift of the universe. We were given the gift of a family and friends, love and sex and marriage, food. We were given the gift of, of this planet that is so full with all that we need. Everything that we need is here but it all came about. Now listen, I told you last week, this was your favorite word of the whole sermon. You were waiting on the benediction, the good word, the last word. It all came about because God spoke. God spoke his benediction. He spoke, it is good, it is good, it is good. And whatever God speaks in our life is good. Can we give him one more hand of praise just because we're grateful this morning? Verse 5, for the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Secondly, the Bible tells us, come with joy and come with thanksgiving. Why? We come with joy because God loves us. Now look at me for just a moment. It is not our duty to come to church. It is our joy to come to church. Does that make sense? God wants more. God doesn't want you just showing up because it's a job or it's your duty. But we come with joy. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that you've heard me refer to so many times, and if you've never read his book or read Eric Metaxas' book on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I encourage you to buy that, read it for yourself as your own personal Christmas gift, give it to someone this year. I just gave away another copy of it to a friend of mine. But while he was in prison, he wrote these words. In normal life, one is not at all aware that we always receive infinitely more than we give. Now remember, he's writing from prison. He will be executed, hung by piano wire, not too long after he writes these words. In normal life, one is not at all aware that we always receive infinitely more than we give. And that gratitude is what enriches life. One easily overestimates the importance of one's own acts and deeds compared with what we become only through other people. Read that last line with me. 
compared with what we become only through other people. One more time. Compared to what we only become through other people. You have improved my life. You have made my life better. You have made my family's life better. You've made the life of everyone in this church around you better and those that aren't here today. You have made the lives of this community better. That's what Bonhoeffer is trying to get us to, to recognize. This was such an interesting week for me. I, on Tuesday, I flew to Washington, D.C., and I met with some politicians and some thought leaders and and some fa other faith leaders about what had happened on October the 7th. I, I don't even know who picked up the cost of my trip and paid for everything for me to be there. I came back home Wednesday, my heart overflowing. I stood with 300,000 people. 290,000, they said, were Jews along. One of my Jewish friends quipped to me and says, that's the most Jews that have been gathered in one place since Mount Sinai. It was an incredible moment. I was listening to, to our, I was looking at the house, new house speaker at Mike Johnson, followed by Chuck Schumer and how they were all agreeing together on what had taken place and how we needed to pull together. I, I listened to Johnny Ernst and then, and I can't remember the other uh, Democratic senator that spoke. I, I listened to so many different people, people who would not necessarily agree with my faith, but as I looked around, I saw Christians, I saw Muslims, I saw Hindus that had gathered to say that what happened on October the 7th was, was wrong and they were standing strong and they were standing firm. This rabbi came over to me and asked me, why did you come? Why were you here? And I said, it's real simple. Number one, I love Israel. I love the Jewish people and I hate what happened on October the 7th. But the second reason I came is because someone invited me. I said, we just had a friend day at our church. And, and I said, because we just invited people. We had 39 first-time guests just because we invited people. And somebody invited me or I wouldn't have been here. And I realized that what I was experiencing there was a reduction of the Thanksgiving gap because suddenly I was standing with people that I disagree with politically. I was standing with people I disagree with religiously. I was standing with people who were different from me culturally. But we were all united in one thing. We are grateful for a country where we can gather and make our statement without fear of being put in jail or being shot and killed by somebody's red guard. Can we give him one more hand of praise for that? <laughs> Gratitude is the antitoxin to the culture, the toxicity of the culture we live in. Psalms 107, verse 21, let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. I pray not only this week, but that you and I throughout our days, we will sing and make a joyful noise to the Lord. But I love, 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 especially what the apostle Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 3, 9. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy when we enter into God's presence. It's because of one another we can enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Does that make sense? God makes us a family. And finally this morning, truth fuels my enthusiasm. Truth is sacred. You've heard me say that so many times. 
I love the word. I love the scriptures because I believe that this is the source of all truth. Look at verse 5 with me, and I'll make just a few comments as I go along. And Know that the Lord, he is God. You see, that's a knowledge that not everybody in the world possesses today. Know that the Lord, he is God. I hope you will not be offended, but you will not appreciate this unless I tell you exactly the way it happens. I made another friend this week. Always be looking for people who want to hear your story. He grew up in another religion. His family was secular. His grandparents were secular. He, said, he admitted, he said, I'm secular. He said, I'm really not sure what I believe about God or if there is a God. And, but he had asked about me and what I did. And so I told him and I shared my faith with him. I shared my story with him. Now, a lot of times people will say, that's great. That's outstanding. But his great was the word damn. So when I told him about how God had healed me, he goes, Damn. So when I told him about how God had healed me, he mostly goes, Tam, that's great. And I am realizing this is a benediction. This is a good word I'm hearing from him because here is a person that didn't know what he believed about God, but damn, it was good for him to hear these words. And I'm not swearing, I'm just telling you, we live in a culture that the gap has so separated that people don't know what you and I know anymore. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and he is a good God. Somebody say amen this morning. He's a good God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. There's that imagio deo about us. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And then he goes in verse 5, he says, and his unfailing love continues forever. Now, those of you that are upset that I said what I said just now, remember, God loves me unfailingly, and you should too. What does this mean? Truth, if it's going to fuel my enthusiasm, it means I need to care for my mind. It needs, I need to guard. And I'm not talking about television. I'm not talking about internet I'm talking about guard my mind for the toxicity of this culture and feed my mind with what the word of the Lord says and work to reduce this Thanksgiving gap in our life. Frederick Beekner, he said, in the final analysis, Christians are not necessarily nicer people than everybody else. We're just better informed. It's not that we're nicer than, say, a nice atheist or a nice Muslim or a nice Hindu. That's what we were looking at in our friendfluence issue. It's just that we know who Jesus is. So my new young friend, he said, can I have your email? I said, sure. He said, can we correspond? Sure. And I'm looking so forward to building and cultivating that friendship. Nice, polite, and kind. But that's not what saves us. It's what we celebrated when we took communion today. And for that, I'm more grateful than anything I could ever express. That Jesus took my sins and your sins to the cross of Calvary. And not only became the sacrifice that atoned for our sins, but even better, he rose again on the third day. And because he lives, you and I will live forever. 
So for our growth work this week, let's every day get up and just acknowledge God's presence in our life. I know some of you tell me, you almost say it with pride, I'm not a morning person. And that's okay. God loves you. But when you get up in the morning, just command your soul. Just say, I don't feel like doing it, but I'm going to give God thanks that he watched over me through the night and that he's with me today. Second thing I want you to do is express your thankfulness to God because he's been good to you. The Puritan pastor and theologian Matthew Henry said, let me be thankful. First, I was never robbed before. Second, although they took my purse, they didn't take my life. Third, although they took my all, it was not much. And fourth, let me be thankful because it was I who was robbed and not I who did the robbing. Now think about that. That's not feigned humility. That's what the Apostle Paul meant when he said, there but for the grace of God go I. We are what we are because of God's amazing grace to us. And then review daily before you go to bed. Just review the last 24 hours of your life. And then prayerfully give God thanks. Think about the day. Think about the people you met. Pray for those people you met. Thank them. And then finally cultivate an attitude of gratitude. You have to, from the very beginning of the message, we acknowledge, remember what Pastor Wearsby said? Some people just naturally aren't thankful. But you need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to stand with me because I don't often do this, but I want us to get this really. A psychology of thankfulness, and this is important for our prayer time this morning. A psychology of thankfulness says that we respond differently. When people do something kind for me, there's this warm emotional response in me. I don't know how to explain that because I'm not a real emotional person there's this warm emotional response for other people when you do something kind for them they just want to turn around and do something they want to give you a gift right back we've all got those friends you give them something they turn around and want to give you something right back but we've also found out that there are some people that when you do something kind for them they want to in turn turn around and give to the community maybe to their church or their neighborhood or to an orphanage or to missions, or to help like Chris and Rachel going to serve overseas, or to John Crace as he's going to Estonia. There are people in our community like that that are not even Christians. Thursday, as I met with our DDA board, as we stood there and we pledged allegiance to the flag, I glanced around at all those people I serve on that board with in our community. And I began to think of how many different ways each of them give back to our community. And that gap just kind of reduced a little more. And I said, God, I am so thankful for where I live. Yesterday in our monthly board meeting, the people who give their time to serve our congregation, to help me as I pastor this church and this community, as we pray together, later as 
couple of us just knelt and prayed together. I gave God thanks. And that gap just kind of came together and I realized it's not enough for me as an individual to be thankful. It's not enough for Becky and I to be thankful. But something powerful happens when we come into his courts with thanksgiving and we come with praise and we acknowledge who God is, we know why we give thanks today for Jesus Christ, his son. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So, Father, I just bow before you today. And I thank you for the benefits. I thank you, Lord, that I am the beneficiary of all of the goodness you have given me. And I thank you for this good word that has brought every good gift into my life. So now, Jesus, it's no wonder that you are called the Word. You are the Logos, the good Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus, Jesus, yours is the sweetest, most wonderful name I know. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you touch hearts and lives here and those watching online. And if they've wandered from their faith or if they've been unsure about their faith or maybe they've never committed their lives to you, I ask you that this day they will know that God is good and that he loves them and he has a cure for their sins. And if that's you, would you just pray with me this morning? You don't have to pray this out loud, but pray with me right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my benefactor. Thank you for every good benefit that you have brought into my life. I acknowledge that you are the creator of this universe and the creator of my life. But I also acknowledge my sins and your cure for my sins, Jesus' gift of life to me. I don't understand it all, but as much as I know how, I confess my sins and I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And while every head is still bowed, if you're watching online, would you let us know online you've given your heart to Christ? I want to send you something to help you get started in your new life with Christ. I won't ask you for one cent. I won't be bird-dogging you. I just want to help you. And if you're here this morning and you gave your heart to Jesus or recommitted your life, would you lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me this week. I committed my life. God bless you and you and you and you and you. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for those four people that are either rededicating or recommitting their life to him. Well, may the Lord bless you. 
May your heart overflow with joy and thanksgiving. May you experience his smile and his favor. And may everybody you touch this week be touched with the amazing grace of God that he's shown you. God bless you. Go in peace today. I love you.